You're listening to the Digital Data Cafe podcast, where we talk about everything data-driven in your world. Join us each week to hear from the world's top business and industry leaders on why using data in a digital world matters. Here's your host, Albert Thompson. Hey, everybody. Thank you for another episode here of Digital Data Cafe. I'm really pumped and excited to introduce you. Today, we have Chad Smeltzer. He's the CEO and founder of Bidcurement. I'm so excited about this, actually, Chad, because you're going to really revolutionize the way bidding and and government contracting is done. But before we do, um, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Albert, for having me on. It's, uh, it's great. And you and I connected a couple months ago, and we've been trying to put this together, and we're here. Let's do this. Let's do it, man. I'm so excited. You know, we have been trying to, but, but we're super busy, and, and you guys are growing like wildfire. I've been watching you guys, and it's exciting. So Yeah. No, we've been trying to get the word out there, and, you know, we're in the middle of raising capital to keep this thing going, and, you know, just revolutionizing and digitizing government procurement is, is no easy task is as others that may have been trying it uh, it's it's not easy so we're ready to digitize and disrupt the whole market man i'm telling you uh, from what i've seen and we're going to dig into this because to the listeners out here who are listening this is i'm telling you absolutely revolutionary i'm i'm so excited about what you guys are doing um and you know what why don't we just do that why don't we tell the world who's listening what is bid and and what are you guys doing yeah well thanks but well, digital it's big is a digital competitive marketplace for government uh, not only just government, but we have verticals where we can go into other private sector industries, real estate, uh, pharmaceuticals. Someone was tell- talking about that as well as wow. uh, as another place we can get into. But our focus is on government because we figured that government is is the most, I guess, antiquated process hmm. at this point. Uh, right. Makes sense. They're still using still using postal service. Wow, literally postal service. Benjamin Franklin started, and we're still using, still using transit. And that's how this whole marketplace started. Is I was the project manager, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going through RFP documents, and I'm, I'm like, "There's hundreds of pages of these RFP documents of talking about what needs to be done during this construction process or the, right. this infrastructure, right?" So I'm going through the documents. I'm like, "I don't have time to sit here and go through these." And there's thousands of them. Sometimes throughout a month, you can go through to try and find the solicitations that you want to bid on sure but they make no sense half the time <laughs> and, then, and then i was like there's got to be a better way so in 2020 i'm literally working for the company i was at and because of covid everything was shut down and we're still trying to bid on projects so we're driving back and forth to hand deliver in a vanilla envelope bid documents really? and just dropping in the city hall like on the front doorstep the documents and I'm like, there's gotta be a better way than this. Right. And uh, that's how this all kind of started. It's just like, why are we sending documents back and forth, you know, through the mail system? And uh, not only that I had gotten COVID from a contractor coming to my house. Oh my goodness. He was giving me a quote yeah. to do my floors, you know, hardwood floors. Right. And, finish them. and he gave me COVID. He gave you COVID. He gave you a quote with COVID. COVID. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's the way it worked. Right. Quote so, with COVID. <laughs> Yeah, gratis. Yeah, so not only that, I'm a project manager, make construction. I had a guy come give me COVID from my house. I could have easily probably just took a video of my house, given some dimensions. He could have gave me an estimated quote, and that's all I was looking for. And that's really where Big Curement has started is in 2020 when this whole COVID pandemic started and there was no digitization of procurement system for government as well as even just contractors in the you know business to business world and. It just dawned on me. I was like, there's got to be a marketplace where we can vet 
contractors, right. digitize the whole RFP process, disrupt the whole government procurement system because it's very antiquated, no transparency, there's no accountability. Literally, you could be a contractor. Listen to those hours. Right. Great. You could be a contractor, go in the government, mess up a job, and then a couple months later, bid on another project. And have no repercussions. Well, lowest no. bit of wins, man. Wow. So this is, uh, this is fascinating because you, you mean to tell me today in 2020, the government does not have a digital way of procuring or bidding on jobs? Not in 2020 and not in 2022. And not either. in one so, streamlined yeah. marketplace. Nothing. There's, no. there's a, the bidding system, the e-bidding, e-bidding marketplace, or it's not even a marketplace, e-procurement systems that are out there yes. are one-sided for the buyer. They don't right. help the contractor at right. all. And that, that's another thing that kind of bothered me as I was looking at all these other potential e-competitor marketplaces or procurement systems that are out there. They didn't have a benefit to the contractors and suppliers. It was like the buyer agencies are our customers mm-hmm. and we're posting our solicitations and of theirs and, you know, electronically with documents. And then hopefully the contractors and suppliers come to us, give us 2000 some dollars subscription services. And we make money off that. We make money off their document downloads. So they're forcing you as a contractor to download free public access procurement documents. Really? That's how they're making their money. Crazy. Unbelievable. And you know, you know what I like about what you're talking about is you're really creating a two-sided network effect, right? You're creating a system where it's going to be easier for the, the government official to, to locate a contractor and you're going to make it better for the contractor to identify and bid on, on jobs and, and clean that RFP proposal. Um, with that said, though, how did Chad get it? I mean, I understand how you identified the problem. And that's awesome, by the way, because innovation waits for the, the disruptor. Yeah. And that's you. Um, and yeah. I'm excited to see what you're going to do here. But you know what? A lot of times you've got to know that industry in and out before you can even make sense of it all. So how did you make sense of this? And how did you get to this place where you understood the government landscape? Yeah, I started in uh, a couple of years ago. I've had three. This is my third startup. My wow. last startup, we... We're in, I'm in the sewer world. So I've been in the sewer infrastructure world for a long time. I've been in the, in the sewer trenches, the sewer so to speak, trenches. the manholes and the yeah. dirtiest part of sewers, just selling sewer services and products to help our public sector friends just solve problems in sewer systems. Sewer systems overflow all the time. There's right. literally 1.2 trillion gallons a year that contaminate our waterways throughout the United States right now. Really? And there's over... There's the EPA estimation is 40 to 70 some 72,000 overflows a year in this, in this sewer world. Right. Really? And no one talks about, no one knows about because it's underground. Nobody, nobody. I mean, listen, man, I got to tell you, this is the first time I've ever heard of this. You're telling me yeah. 1.2 gallons of, of sewer overflow a year. 1.2 trillion gallons. Trillion gallons. If you Google anything about sewer overflows, the news is always loaded. There was one just recently, a couple of weeks ago in LA on a beach, Millions of gallons pouring all over the place, contaminated oh, waterways. They shut down the beaches. It's a huge problem, and, and I can't believe that we don't have a solution for that yet either. But if you look at it, though, it's government, right? Nothing it's against government. government, but if you're a political right. figure, you're trying to show your constituents the surface, the parks, recreation facilities, you know, things like that that people yeah. see. That's right. not talking about the infrastructure falling apart. No, of course not. Right. No. Nobody talks about that. It's no. crazy, right? Right. So, so, yeah. So, I started there and I was like, all right, we got to figure out a way to triage these sewer systems better. And the company I was working for, they didn't really want to diversify from the current service they were providing. And I was like, okay, I found some acoustic technology to quickly send that sound through the sewer pipe. 
and it would triage it and give it a score using sounds. Interesting. And I was like, this is great technology, right? You can right. literally go through 20,000 feet in a day, which just for comparison's sake, cameras is how they traditionally would look at sewer pipes. Right. They can only, they can only inspect about 1,800 feet a day. Really? So now you're taking acoustic technology, putting it in the sewer system, and you're checking 20,000 feet a day. Oh, my goodness. So now we're streamlining that. So what I did was with a, a founder of another company, and I, uh, her and I teamed up. And we got together and we created an asset management procurement system. Basically, we, we took data from all these robotic cameras that we were putting into the sewer pipes and the manholes. And then we create codes. And then we would create a capital project basically for repairs on all those codes that we would calculate and do a risk assessment huh. on failure of, of those manholes or those pipes. And then we would give those to the engineering firms and say, hey, here's the places you need to start looking. We triaged it. And we went through 100,000 feet, for example, or, or a couple hundred manholes, and we found all these problems. Here's where to start fixing your sewers before wow. they overflow, right? So that's the system we built. And that's what I was involved in my second startup was right. building it. I did all the sales. She did all the services and operationally built the business. And together, we just created this, uh, this new procurement method of or asset management, really, of sewers. Sure. Systems. Yeah. So then we got acquired in January, 2020. Congrats, I, by the uh, way. That's, that's incredible. Amazing. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I'm so glad it worked out the way it did. We built it up quickly. Um, uh, we needed a lot of resources that we probably didn't have. We weren't ready for. Sure. And I've learned a lot from as yep. a business owner or just a co-founder of like what it takes to really, when you start building a business, when you get to that millions of dollars of revenue. That's right. How do you scale it then? How do you scale from there? That's right. How do you scale it? Operationally, right. we couldn't keep up. That's right. We had the sales. The sales were there. Right. But operationally, we had, and that's the big issue now is, yeah. how are you going to, all this infrastructure money coming, how are they going to keep these contractors, all these contractors with people doing yeah. all the work? That's right. So now you have all the sales, but you don't have the operations to keep up. So you really limit yourself. And, and we did. We did a great job, but we were like, okay, it's, we need a bigger... Yeah, bigger company. Well, you know, uh, on that note, and and I think you know, sometimes it comes down to, and as a good founder, as a good leader, right? Sometimes it, it, you know, we're going a little off topic here, but it's it's important to identify, you know, when you're looking at that scaling opportunity, right? Your 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 ability to kind of grow scale, um, it's going to take more financial investment, right? It's going to take more of that capital, and you either have a moment there, that inflection point, right? And I think you identified it. Whereas, like, hey, somebody with the proper, you know, logistics, the proper operational, whatever the case is, the assets financial or human capital, whatever it is at that moment was, it was better for them to take it to the next level. And you identified that. So that's a win, man. Congrats. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great. I wish I've known, I wish I've known more about business and scaling. Uh, yeah. but I do now, you know, I went through the accelerator program recently, incubators. Hey, congrats, by the way, I saw that. That's with the new chip accelerator, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's been great, man. I've learned so much. I didn't even know how my total addressable market, I was like, what is, what what's your TAM? Right. Market? What's your TAM? Right. Exactly. I didn't know what that was. So anyway, right learned a ton, figured out all that. Now, now we're just in this phase where I, my, my, the, the big term of marketplace is so technology heavy to, to an asset. I, I can't go because I'm looking at two problems. Okay. Government's already antiquated and we're working with a paper system and an e-procurement model. Me going to them telling me, Hey, we're going to digitize and disrupt the whole market for your RFP process, right? Because it's no longer needed to read thousands of pages of bid specifications for construction projects. We have data of point cloud data, 
camera robotic data that's sitting there that can do all the AI, all the, you know, all the planning basically is all sitting there. We just need to see as a contractor what that project needs us to do. So I can look at a sewer manhole image and see all the defects. I know as a contractor how much it's going to take me to fix that. Do I need to line it? Do I need to grout it? Do I need to replace it? You know, all those things, if I see it versus trying to read, oh, we got 200 manholes now, which ones are we going to fix? So I need to see those things to fix it. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you, you really talk about it in a passionate way. And I think that you've, you know, expressed, you know, uh, how you've been able to solve some of these problems and, and, and your background really speaks to, to the passion about revolutionizing, you know, this government procurement process. Um, you know, what would you say are some of the, I mean, obviously we talked about some of the largest problems, but in your experience right now with what you think big procurement can help to solve, what are some of the biggest problems that you think your company is going to be able to identify and solve? Uh, matching up. Vendors, contractors, suppliers, manufacturers to government projects. Right now, it's decentralized. It's siloed. You got thousands of government entities with their own procurement portal systems, or they're using an e-procurement system that's out there, which is great. They're starting to get into that e-procurement world, which is where we should have probably been 10 years ago. Sure, right. But, but now we're, we're in the e-procurement. We're, we're understanding because of COVID, government entities are now like, all right, we need to speed this process up. Yep. Instead of a 30 day, 45 day procurement process, we need to get it down to like 15 days, you know, 20 days, something like that. And which they, they are, their trends are heading in that direction where they're moving that right, right way. It's just a matter of now, now you have to look at the technology that's out there. Right. If you only have a one sided, one dimensional platform, that's only helping the buyers, which are the government entities right. promote their solicitations. And then the contractors and suppliers are, are just, you know, trying to connect to them. If you don't have the right technology to, to match them up, you, you're really at a disadvantage as a business owner trying to find government projects. They use commodity codes. Come on. I mean, and, and so before we get into commodity codes and, and some of these, you know, granularities um, for some of the listeners out there that maybe aren't familiar with the government procurement process or even yeah. the competitive bidding process, um, just walk us through. So if I'm a, let's say I'm a contractor or I'm a painter and I want to do you know a paint job and I'm trying to do a, a job for the, the United States Postal Service. How would I go about finding the job? And then right now, let's say I'm the Postal Service and I need a painter. How are they going about putting out the jobs today in the market? Calling. Google, <laughs> trying to find, trying to find, and, and an email. Most of the time, here's what happens. If I'm a painter, that's going the same, same concept. I'm, right. I'm looking to find paint jobs and I want to work for government. Although right. most painters are like, we're, we're not going to go into government because of red tapes and a mess. That's another right. topic. Right. So you would go to like the postal service, uh, let's say manager, right. And say, Hey, my name's Chad Smeltzer. I have a painting business. I would love to paint your building because it's chipping away and falling apart. Sure. Now, that operations manager for that postal service or postal division or department or the, you know, that location has to get funds allocated to do the painting. Okay. And if you don't have the funds, you can't do it. So they have, there's a lot of pre-planning of the funds that need to happen uh, in order for you to paint a building, for example, for government. Okay. So it's, it's a 12 month process because they have to get it in their budget. They got to get council and everyone else to approve it. And then once it's approved, then they have to put it out to bid. And now the first guy that showed up probably isn't going to win the job because right. now it's going out to bid and it gets publicized in the classified newspaper ads in the local paper. I'm sorry, what the classified ads? Yeah. yeah. The, in a local newspaper. Yeah. So if it's a, like a, a small little news agency in the, the city, 
at the local newspaper, maybe only a hundred people read it. Right. It's considered a, it's considered a, a bit, a, a, a certified procurement opportunity that was published out there in the, in, that everyone could potentially see it. Although only a hundred people might see it. Interesting. So from Another the fact, government standpoint, all they have to do is literally just make it so that it's publicly out and available for bid and they've checked the box. You can post it on the front of your government building. Huh. And it's considered a legal procurement solicitation publication. Yeah. There's nothing for the actual contractors who really need to find these jobs. There, there is bid scraping technology out there, the big aggregate services or software systems that scrape all these government websites and post them together. Okay. <laughs> so you got to pay the subscription fees, then you got to filter through their software to try and find them. But huh. that's how you get into government contract. You have to like get there. You have to talk to them. You got to look for the procurement opportunities and then, and you got to stay on top of it because right. if you don't find the opportunity or let's say you do find the opportunity and there's a process called an addendum. Okay. So if they publish it and let's say you're the contractor and you have questions about it, you ask questions, you have to email the people, call the, the you know, in the government entity, you got to call them, you got to try and get a hold of them, tell them you have a, a maybe an alternative material of an alternative paint, just stay on the same topic. Sure. So they have to approve it. If they don't approve it, then you're out. But if huh. they approve it, then an addenda comes out and says, okay, this other company, not Chad Smelter, asks the question and says, they have a better paint product and they want to include that in their bid. So now they have to post an addenda. And if the other company misses the addenda, Oh my goodness. And you don't sign off on it. You're out. Like you're out. You, there's so many ways you get kicked out of it. So you're saying you could have been the original contractor sticking with painting and you went and got this whole process started. And they did the, the post. Let's say they just posted in the, in the classified just to get it out there. And then all of a sudden, Hey, they realize, uh, you know what, this additional room needs to get painted. So now there needs to be an addendum. Now the addendum needs to be reposted. And let's say that the original vendor misses that they're out. You're done. You, if you don't sign off on it and send it back. You, if you don't mail it back with your bid documents, you're out. Huh? Yeah. That is fascinating. So then let me ask you this. So in what way um, will, will there be a positive change with using the bid curement system? So let's, let's walk through that same exact kind of process. I think for some of the listeners here, yeah. now let's take it through that bid curement process and how in that same exact ecosystem environment, how you're going to solve these problems, what would that same scenario look like? Yeah, no, we, uh, so we have a matching algorithm that okay. when you set up a profile on, as an organization on bid curement, we set up uh, your different profiles, which have an algorithm that's so assigned to your profile, and we will match you up to the procurement solicitations that are posted by the government entities. And how that does is a notification system. So you're in one network, you're in one open marketplace. So let's say if there's a hundred thousands of, of buyers, which are the government entities using one centralized marketplace, they can all post their solicitations where all the contractors and suppliers and manufacturers are all in one place versus what's happening now. They all have the siloed procurement system. It's all it's very all, siloed and it's all at the very end of that ecosystem, but you're finally right. putting it into an open marketplace for both sides. Yeah, both sides. They all get in one place. Now you have a lead generation to other businesses that might want to, you know, submit a bid for other solicitations that they never even knew about. And you're basically taking everyone's uh, silo systems 
and put them together so it's all one big network. And even the government entities can can cooperate and do uh, what's called a cooperative procurement. So basically, they all get together and say, say one town wants to fix 50 manholes or paint 50 buildings, and the other city wants to do the same thing, and they're across the street. Wouldn't that be beneficial for a contractor to bid on both those jobs? Absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. And you're telling me today so, there's not a streamlined effort to keep those those dots connected right now, huh? There's no communication whatsoever between government entities to even know when they're posting. They all post individual bids. So you might get one 50 manhole project for, for repairs in one city. The next city has the same one. They post it together. Or, right. or at different times, but it, you know, if they posted it together, it'd make more sense. Yeah, and get it, better pricing and, and get better pricing, and then to be able to keep that communication. And to, there's the potential, and I'm, and I don't know your roadmap or anything like that, but there's also potentially of maybe notifying other municipalities or cities of these potential jobs to see if maybe they want to. Maybe that's on their roadmap, talking. but maybe be needs to be accelerated, right? Now you're talking. Now we're right. we're looking at a marketplace where now you're you're also not cooperative together. Everyone's working together on procurement opportunities. You're advertising your 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 business is advertising their services, their products on the platform. There's an accountability system that's built in, it's proprietary that we're holding them accountable. So if they go to one government entity, do a terrible job, they're going to have an accountability system in place so they can't just jump to another city and ruin their infrastructure. And it increases the, and that's a good point, it increases the workmanship too, because right. if you know you're held accountable, you're not going to go and do a crappy job at a government, you know, a, you know procurement opportunity. You're just going to go there, fix it, know they're going to be held accountable and do it the right way. Absolutely. And um, question for you. And again, you know, not going into the system because I haven't, I haven't quite been all the way through now from what I've seen, um, will there be some accountability within procurement? So say there's a, maybe a rating system or some way of these government agencies being able to identify, you know, how this you know vendor performs, or is there a way that there could be any of that type of, of setup in the system? Yeah. If you look at the FAR Act of, mm -hmm. of 1984, I believe it's uh, the FAR Act was posted. It's to keep taxpayer funds um, from being used in, you know, basically wasted or collusion and things like that to where the FAR Act put a requirement where it's got to be fair, it's got to be transparent, it's got to be competitive, and it's got to have integrity. And that's what Big Chairman's mission and vision is, is to make it a one-stop shop to where it has a lot of integrity. And, and the reference rating system is a way to do that because we want responsive, we want responsible bidders on a platform, qualified bidders, not just random, you know, contract suppliers who, who really – um, maybe you're doing a bad job out there and, and it shouldn't be getting those government contracts and they're lowballing other good contractors and getting, you know, it's basically just giving the market, so to speak. Like, right. I don't know how to describe it. Like they take advantage of the market, they low bid a job and then the other contractors get, get booted out. And I wouldn't want to keep bidding on government contracts if I keep losing It's 17% of contractors win their bids out of 1500 they only win 17% of those contracts. Really? One contractor spends $1.5 million a year chasing down government procurement opportunities. So just, I mean, that, that right then and there, I mean, just those numbers alone are a reason why this market and this process needs to be improved. I mean, $1.5 million. I mean, think about the average contractor or the average company that needs to try to get into these jobs. They're, they're not going to have those types of resources to bid. And then Based on some of the experiences that I've had with some 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 folks that have some some contracting companies that have worked within the government, um, listen, it's it's who you know, right? In it, it is, yeah. It's and I think that collusion is what you're talking about. And there's a lot of that going on. And I'm not trying to say that that's a 
we're not trying to put any blame or shame or anything like that towards the government, but yeah. these are things that need to be solved, right? Yeah, and I, I know government agrees because I've worked with a lot of superintendents, public works directors, and one thing that they need is a resource where they can get access to get multiple bids and to show that they actually got multiple bids without phone calls. Phone calls are a way to get around the procurement system real fast. So you're talking to your buddy. Well, why don't you have a place where now you can show that you reached out to amount of, a certain amount of contracts in a geographical area and you're promoting your solicitation to them That's and true. trying to get them to bid. Now you can take that paper to the council and say, hey, I reached out to all these con- contractors in, my, in the 50 mile radius of town and I only got one bid. And it's this company, which is a qualified company based on the reference rating system that's built in the big chairman. And now you can go to council and, and it's already vetted and now you can approve it right away and get it done. Absolutely. And, and will the system then be able to also allow for some of those addendums and things like that to communicate back and forth from an easier streamlined process? You got it. Yeah. The, the, everything's integrated into what we call a project box and contained in one place where all the communication, the addendums, the notifications are all in one place. And it just streamlines the whole awarding process that uh, that government needs. Oh, this is, I mean, you know, Chad, listen, I, I've been I mean, unabashedly, I'm telling you here, I think this is incredible. I think your, your, your ambition and, and the problem that you're trying to solve, man, is, is massive. But I mean, in doing so, I think you truly will revolutionize that government procurement process. Um, so what are some of the small steps that we could take, you know, right now, just overall to help bring awareness and, and improve the current process? And doing what we're doing right now. We're talking about it. That's the thing. We got to talk about it. We got to get outreach. We got to get brand awareness. Uh, whether it's not even procurement, but we just got to get you into electronic procurement. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going digital. We're next level. So, you know, we can facilitate the whole e procurement process too. Uh, as well as, you know, I hate to say it, but I built big procurement so it can actually meet the paper process too, just so government can get comfortable with the whole digitizing procurement system because. We just don't want to throw them into a technology world where it's like, hey, here you go. Now you're all digitizing your whole procurement process and it scares them, you know, right. and, and, and technology can scare people if they're not used to it. It, it is. A, and it's one of those places where you can um, create that uh, uncomfortability with a lot of government entities and, you know, if they're not comfortable with everything. So anyway, point is big chairman can facilitate e-procurement and it can facilitate the paper process. Still, we do remote uh, videos back and forth so that you're not having to go to governance for kickstart meetings and stuff like that. Um, we, we have everything built into it right now. We are just looking obviously to advance our technology and get into that digitizing world where we disrupt the whole RFP process now. Well, and that's what, no, absolutely. So, I mean, on that note, I think this is an, uh, an excellent opportunity to kind of segue to. So where is BidCurement right now? What are the next steps that BidCurement can take to, to solve these problems? And, and how could, you know, one person or if I'm a contractor, or if I'm a government official, I mean, are we ready to, to, to get into the BidCurement system today? Or are we raising funds? Where, where's BidCurement today? Yeah, right now we are in uh, post MVP or seed stage. Uh, we are, we have 12 government entities and engineering firms that are ready to pilot test our products. However, uh, we, we still need to raise funds so that we can get into that digital world of taking visual technologies and integrating into our system. Cause right now mm-hmm. you can upload a video file and everything, but we want to get more in depth in that and, and deeper into like point cloud data systems where we can really streamline the current process that way. A little bit more advanced, but that's a couple of years as we keep building on. 
Uh, that's what we need the funds to keep growing the procurement model and, and get those 12 users using our platform and, and, and growing. Well, that's great. And, and, you know, the, the reality is Chad, a lot of our listeners, um, you know, are investors or have access to, to some venture funds or private equity. Uh, if you had to kind of put it out there, you know, what exactly are you looking for? Is this a, a seed round or is this a, a series a, what, what exactly are you looking to do? And is there already yeah, a process we're, we're, set up? Yeah, we're pre-revenue, so we are in the seed stage. Um, I mean, the owner, myself, invested uh, personal funds to get this thing going and then prove out the concept. Product market fits there. We have users that are ready to use the system, um, and, and things are going really well. It's just a matter of keeping that momentum going, keeping that traction going, and, and launching. But uh, we, we'd really just want a, a partner, like, we're looking for a partner that sees the vision, knows how antiquated government procurement is right now, and, and wants to grow with us. That's that's what we're looking for. Well, that's excellent. So if, uh, if someone out here is listening and they're interested, um, what was the best way to get a hold of you? Or how would uh, someone want to uh, get in contact with BidCurement? Sure. My uh, name's obviously Chad Smelser. I'm CEO and founder of BidCurement. My email is chad at bidcurrent.com. Uh, I don't know if I should post my number on here, but <laughs> I think your email and, and your website yeah. uh, should be fine. Bidcurement.com. Okay. And then it's uh, what chat at bidcurement.com. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, man. Yeah. Well, Chad, I'm telling you, I am excited for you. Um, I've seen the videos. I've seen the early MVPs. Um, you are absolutely going to revolutionize this space and uh, super pumped and excited. And, and thank you for, for coming on onto the show today. Oh, thank you. We didn't get to one thing. We didn't get to my first, uh, beta testing with the trucks in, in one of the cities. Yeah. So I know you're in the car, so I really want to jump on this real quick. So Absolutely. we, our first user on the platform gives me a procurement opportunity to buy three F well, two F two fifty four trucks. This is back in September, 2021 and one 2021 Ford Ranger. Okay. This is in that whole time period when supply and demand for trucks was, there was no supply, right? For Ford F-250s and they want a specific type, right? It had to be white. It had to have these certain things in there. Yes. So we posted the procurement opportunity and I was running around scrambling to the dealerships trying to find these trucks for these guys because I knew that there was nowhere to find them and they still couldn't find them. But that was our first use case was for trucks. Competitive bidding for trucks. Really? I think we can get into uh, like back in verticals. There we go. Car dealership. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Um, listen, I'm so glad you brought that up. We are going to talk offline because we are in the process of revolutionizing a very similar trade acquisition model. I won't get into details now because it's, it's in okay. the process. But listen, um, let's talk because potentially bid could feed back into that system. So that is very yeah. exciting. Awesome. Now I'm, I'm excited to connect, man. This has been great. I appreciate your time, man. It's awesome. No, this is great. You're going to do great things. And, and thank you for being on. Oh, thank you, man. Have a great day. You too. Talk to you later.